everyone. Welcome to the OFP Podcast. <laughs> I am your host, site manager Joshua Bowles, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith. Over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network, brother. And with me tonight, Two Seymour, Brendan McElinden, fellas, what's happening? Uh, and people that listen to this podcast at like 1.5 speed are probably going to start li- hearing you at probably uh, your normal tone at this point. Uh, How the hell good. you listen to this podcast at 1.5? I talk fast enough as it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, some people are like speed demons, but I just uh, I'm, I'm in a really good mood tonight. Uh, my wife and I finished the eight episode run of Too Hot to Handle Netflix new uh, trash reality show. And uh, I got to say, it was as <laughs> trashy as I, I needed it to be. So... <laughs> I got to a lot. I got to look at a lot of under boob. So there you go. There's your, there's your spoiler. <laughs> We're all skipping out of the last dance. Um, but I, which I don't get because everyone's on Twitter bitched about commercials. And I'm like, man, this is not live sports as much as you wish it was. Uh, this shit's on record, son. We'll, we'll be fast forwarding through those commercials. Brandon, yeah, what's happening I, over in the land of the mitten? Man, I'm just excited to talk about the blue gold game that happened on Saturday. Um, that's the whole reason I'm here. I've got to tell you, that was the most exciting spring game I have witnessed in a long time. It's since at least 2013 when uh, Big Lou Nix uh, ran in that two-point conversion. So I'm excited to to break down some Brennan Clark and um, discuss maybe how the the, the corners played. There were some disgusting interceptions towards the end of that game. Disgusting. Why did Brennan Clark take so many sacks? I mean, he was like Phil Dracovic out there. It was awful. I mean, how do you not give the – why was Chris Tyree not highlighted more? I know, especially after that huge run. I mean, so. yeah, at one point he was, what, nine carries for 96 yards? <sighs> I think Sebo had 102, right, on the other side? Uh, I have to go back to the box score for that one. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> look, yeah, it was, a, it, was, it was a good Saturday. A little doubleheader there, some uh, sim action for the spring game. Uh, Tex and Shane dressing up and, and put on a hell of a show for everybody. That was a lot of fun. Uh, if you missed it. Dude, it was that was a good time. Uh, then we had the, the the second part of that uh, that show, uh, doing finally doing the 2013 Shamrock Series game. And uh, what's funny about that game is how bad it was in the first half. Like it, like it really was a bad game. And then the second half happened, and then it got wild in that last minute and a half. And then if you guys were down for a triple header, uh, Notre Dame was showing that 2006 UCLA game that trash. Hard pass. And speaking of bad games, <laughs> yeah, hard pass. Yeah, like here's a here's an even worse one. Yeah, I I, I did not. I was not was not part of that. You didn't yeah, miss I, anything. You didn't of miss course anything. I didn't. I've already watched that. Monstrous. It, it was just people misspelling Charlie Weiss's name, and I didn't know if it was like a subtle troll that so many people were doing it, or if it was some can't sort tell of anymore. Yeah, were they going two S? Uh, they were going. Yeah, they were going two S. They were going with an E at the end. W E I S E. Uh, shout out to Nina, I guess, uh, as the, as the maiden name, <laughs> I think, her, I think she was Weiss, but anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, it was just bad. So. You know, I maintain that that 2000, I was thinking about it today, that 2006 season, it's the reason why a large majority of the negative perception and sort of stereotypes about Notre Dame exist out there. Everything about that season 
I think I hate that season more than any other season. More maybe so than 2016. Well, no, 2016. More than 2007. Yeah, because I mean, season I couldn't wait for it to get over with. That's I think what Brendan's going here is like they were SI cover boys. Everyone. Oh, I know it. Yeah, yeah, huge expectations. And what and does everybody they, say about Notre Dame? They go, "You guys just play all the service academies." Well, what did they do in 2006? They yeah. played three they of them. Fucking played every goddamn service academy. If the Coast Guard was available, they would have played them too. Yeah, and and all the big games that they played, they sort of shat the bed. Michigan and USC, right? Not Double sort of. They absolutely out. did. Yeah. Went to the bowl game against LSU. Did not show. Yeah. Uh, unlike the one the year before against Ohio State, where they did, they they showed up in the Ohio State game. We've been over this, but yeah, that 2006 season. Then they wore the green jerseys against Army, which pissed me off. And yeah, yeah, well, it wasn't. It, it was not. Was just a continuation of the bad juju that was 1995. Accepting the Fiesta Bowl when you're six four and one. It's getting you know. yourself ranked in a game where you lost, you weren't ranked before the game and then you lost to Michigan and then you become ranked in 1986. Like there's a lot of stuff that like where people are like Notre Dame's always overrated that, that you can easily point out and say they have no business being in this game or they have no business being ranked or the preseason expectation did not match reality. And 2006 is just a continuation of that. So um, unfortunately until we win games, uh, like LSU in the Sugar Bowl, and actually, you know, and not only win them, but also show up for these games. Because uh, I, I remember a long time, a lot of people used to cr- uh, crow about, like, well, here's Notre Dame's record in bowl games, but here's what the what the final score has been, how lopsided the games have been. You know, 42, 41 to nine, and uh, forty one to uh, what was the LSU one? Fourteen, maybe. It was. A lot to a little, basically. Did so. you see Kirby Smart uh, getting on t- the Twitter machine today and um, bringing up Notre Dame games and, and saying how they shaved years off his life the last two? Uh, that's that's a nice. It'd be nice if it shaved years off and we got one of the dubs. But uh, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I put that in the same category as Clemson saying that Notre Dame was a harder team than Alabama. You know, it's like yep. okay. Well, that was that is no solace <laughs> for losing by twenty seven points. So, no, but as the adage went, two teams won that night. Clemson <laughs> when Clemson beat Alabama, Clemson and Notre Dame. Yeah, that's although true. I mean, well, if the AP had actually let their writers wait until after the national championship game, absolutely I'd agree with you. But it's biggest joke I've ever seen. Yeah, that's why I rail against this shit. People look at me like I'm crazy, but this shit matters. It all matters. I would certainly take uh, a couple hours early as opposed to November 30th, uh, deciding who the national champion is. So, true, you know, I true. guess, I guess we've gotten a lot, we've gone a long way since 1953, as I mentioned in the last podcast, we have come a long way. All right. And you know what? That is a long time for, uh, you know, 1953 is a long time ago. And, uh, I mean, just the difference in college football then and now, such as, Wait for it. Uniforms. That's what we are here tonight to talk about. And uh, I mean, it's going to get wild. Listen, fashion is emotional. It is insanely emotional. So we're going to talk about uniforms tonight. And some of you out there are going to hear some things you don't like. You're going to just I mean, you're going to crash your car uh, if you're driving to your essential job. Uh, you're going to flip out over some of these things we said. And I, I do apologize. This is an emotional subject, apparently. Guys, did you know that uh, that Notre Dame came out 
with uh, j- just to prove my point here, you know, Notre Dame came out with a, a new the shirt on Friday, right? I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Pure trash. <laughs> and being the honest uh, person that I am, as I reported the unveiling, reported it as what it is, pure trash. And the absolute emotional response back from people who like this, quote, I'm throwing up massive quotation marks, um, was in, is, it's incredible. It's like the most emotional response that I've seen. And we had an article run on Notre Dame or on One Foot Down that had Ty Willingham ranked as the number 10 coach of all time. <laughs> this received <laughs> me trashing the shirt received a more emotional response than that. Like, listen, it, I, I was, I was going to do an entire off the rails podcast on this. So I'm, I'm going to just break this down slightly before we do the uniform talk. This shirt, if you are a defender of this shirt, think about why you like this shirt. If this was not, quote unquote, the shirt, this thing would not be allowed in any sporting goods store or department store, save fucking Walmart. Now, are you comfortable with buying your Notre Dame gear at Walmart and wearing it? And uh, saying, I'm not a green fan. And say, no. this is a dope ass shirt. No. How many shirts do you own right now? that have big giant graphics on the front and back and sleeves. I think the only ones you own are the ones that Notre Dame puts out. These are garbage shirts, garbage shirts. This is what happens. This is a camel. All right. This is when a committee comes together to build a horse. You get a fucking camel. This is what happens when you, when you have people sit down and all right, we need to, we want to do this theme and this theme and this theme and this theme. And instead of, Instead of making, instead of having one vision, which is what it should be, you're coming up with all these you know, these compromises to throw all into one sh- one shirt, and you forget about the fact that your fucking S on the front is a USCS, like staring at you right in the face. It should if they're if, to fix this whole thing would be easy. You take five design students, tell them here are here are some different themes for the year. Choose one, design a shirt. You have one theme. Then you vote on which one of those five is the best one. End of story. It should be one color. Kelly fucking green or bright green, whatever you want to call it. The green's too damn dark. It might, it might as well have been blue. Who cares? You can't. The whole point is you want this thing's popping out. It should be one color. It doesn't matter. But one vision from a person of, I mean, this is when dictatorships are dope. This is when you should be the emperor, supreme warlord, and defender of the faith. In these in these instances, this is this does not deserve a democracy. As far as how you build one shirt, come up with five of them from five different people. Vote on the damn thing. Quit putting out these ridiculous things that I have to trash. And then I got people coming at me like, "Do you even know what the meanings are?" Like I'm not wearing a fucking manifesto around all day. I don't need that. I just want a good looking shirt. This is for charity. Charity? I mean, do we really want to say charity? This is for a student. This is a scholarship fund, right? I mean, I'll, I'll send my $15 instead. Here's what I'll do for you. Make a better give you. Do you want the meaning behind this thing? Because I looked it up. I looked at all of the oh, various I, oh, meanings. I saw, oh, I saw them. They, 
They, they oh they made sure they put it out there. There's like a you power. Got, it's like a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, it's a you got to know why those jets are on there. You got to know why those tickets are sitting next to each other. You got to know why they have are just land based. Which why you took the USCS. Uh, I mean just yeah they put it out there. They, they, I almost feel like the bookstore is sitting me down for a timeshare presentation on why I should buy this shirt when I look at all this shit. They're like the Celtic font inspired by the opening game in Ireland. Thanks, guys. It looks like the two like 1932 St. Louis World Fair font, but whatever. And then there's the little the design found in the windows of the Golden Dome. The first dark green shirt since 2007. Thanks, guys. That's a great year to uh, bring up for a T-shirt. <laughs> and then like the best is like the numbers on the ticket. Like anybody gives a fuck that the numbers are 18 row, section 18 row four seat two. Well, that's the year 1842. The year Notre Dame was founded. There's the other so much ticket behind it. So much meaning 1887. It just, it's going to, it's going to fade in the wash and it's just going to be a shitty color green with too much graphics. And I'm going to hate it. And I, I don't know. I, I have my favorite shirts. This is not going to be one of them, and it's a shame. I mean, I don't think there'll be a, there'll ever be a, a the shirt that I'll like again, as long as you're doing front and back graphics. I understand. I I don't like the shit on the sleeves, but I understand why they're there because that's what happens when you have like commemorative shit or whatever it is, and that's basically what this kind of is. But I mean, I cut my sleeves off anyways in a lot of cases, so I really don't care. Uh, that's that's just something for my head now. Uh, so now my, now my, uh, my, my little rag on my head's got a little emblem on it. Okay. That's cool. Uh, but as long as you keep putting a design front and back, I can't do it. This is not a, a Motley Crue, uh, world tour concert t-shirt. I just uh, I tend to gravitate towards more minimal uh, minimalist type T-shirts. Right. I like that uh, the forty seven brand kind of stuff, it, it, like that it like real throwback look or whatever. Um, Notre Dame had a shirt that was kind of a throwback look a couple of years ago that I actually uh, I actually kind of liked, but I, I do tend to agree with uh, I think maybe both of you guys, which is like two graphics is one too many, uh, and I get that they they want to incorporate a lot of design elements and they'll probably never stray away from that. So I. I I just looked at it and just, it was a big pile of like, meh, you know, for me, I, look, I, I've seen a lot worse. I've seen a lot worse. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't notice the USC thing. Now that you pointed it out, it's really hard to not see that. And it's, it's really, um, it's distracting. And I, w- and I wish that somebody was aware of that before that they had, you know, did this or whatever. Um, but I, honestly, I think, you know, the, the charitable cause is good. Um, you know, the shirt, if you're hooked up through a club, you can get it at a discount. So it shouldn't cost you that much. Um, you know, it's just, it's another year where it's just like, I didn't look forward to the shirt unveiling. Um, no. now that's here, it's like, okay, it, that happened. Um, you know, I think I'll just, I think I'll, I'll, I'll probably own a copy just to, uh, to, to support the endeavor. But, uh, to be honest with you, the, I think it was the 2017 one. The graphics are about the same size, and honestly, every single time I put it on, I put it on backwards because the back graphic looks yeah. like what I think the front yeah. graphic should be, and that in itself is a I think it was a really bad design. Huge red flag. And well, and I, there was a and year or two where it was like, blue. I agree with you. There, there's just so many creative people who who work at Notre Dame. You know, uh, my friend Tim O'Connor probably being at, at the top of them, and I'm not saying Tim needs to design the shirt, but I'm just saying like. Right, there but are Oak's of, the person I thought of right off the bat. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, there, like there's plenty the of people that, like, that could do this right. And, and it just seems like a real shame that, um, you know, I, and I think these, these students, the student led committee is, is trying its best, but I, I get the sense and without knowing any different, I get the sense that you, your presumption is right, which is like, everyone brings a little bit of, of, I call it the gypsy wagon, right? Like you go from town to town and you, you get a little new trinket and you add that to the gypsy wagon. And all of a sudden, um, now you've got this like out of control thing, you know, and it just, it, it's a clunker. So, um, again, support the endeavor probably will buy the shirt. Um, but you know, these are honestly, these are mo lawn t-shirts for me. They're, they never really, um, it's never really been like this thing. I got to wear the shirt to the game or anything like that. I just, I just wear whatever I usually wear something that I really like, which is, you know, one of my breaking tea t-shirts or, um, you know, just something a 47 brand or something with a minimalist design. Cause that's, that's to what I tend to gravitate toward. Anyways. <laughs> you know, what's funny is, is, uh, you know, <clears throat> it just so happened. No planning. Breaking Breaking T doesn't consult me on this. Where they did the uh, a two for one code uh, this weekend, right? Uh, and so I'm like, well, all right, I'll put that up there for our shirts because there's plenty of people out there like me. Twitter was full of them. Hated the shirt. Okay, if you guys want a shirt, if you're really looking forward to buying one, here's you get two for one. So there's this guy on Instagram who's just all over me about about this. So the same bullshit stuff we, were, we talked about but then he tried telling me that the s on our uh on our uh south bed against the world shirt is the exact same s and that i'm a hypocrite hmm. okay <laughs> yeah i mean I, that's the kind of that's the kind of blind dumb shit coming from people about this thing that's what kills me like, look, I, if thought you you, liked, I thought you were, I thought you were going to say he tried to take the moral high ground and say like, how dare you take the money out of the the student fund by? Oh, know, I'm sure he did that too. They, yeah. I've got attacked on that too. But that, that's my whole point here. Is look, we're going to talk about uniforms tonight. It's going to get emotional for some of you. Maybe not our our listeners. I think our listeners. There's a lot of people that are talking that we're talking all this mad shit about the shirt that probably don't listen to the show. So fuck them. But you know, people just lost their damn minds. It was, it's a, a, absolutely ridiculous. I, if you like the shirt, that's your, that's your business. You know, that's that's what you like. I'm putting it out there like, I think this is trash garbage, and they could do better. Fully knowing that it probably will never change, but I'm not going to pretend that it. A, I'm not going to pretend that it doesn't exist, and B, I'm not going to pretend that it's anything but a, a piece of fucking shit. I. I'm not going to hold my tongue on this, uh, but I'm not trying to tell you not to buy it. I just think you have really bad taste is all. Uh, if, if you want to support the fund, which again, it's not a, exactly a charity. It's a, it's a student fund. I, I, I think of those two things as something different, uh, but uh, then send them a fucking check. I think 15 bucks would probably cover what each shirt probably sent, probably more than enough for what each sh- shirt uh, makes for the thing. Do oh, that. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, yeah, they, so, just to just to peel back the kimono a little bit here. I'm the I'm the president of a of a local club. They sell these shirts to us for ten dollars, um, and we can buy as many as we want. And then it's a flat ten dollars shipping cost. So I bought yeah, so hundred I bought one hundred and seven shirts for our for our club, and and it's a flat ten dollars shipping cost. I mean, there's no way they're shipping one hundred and seven shirts to me for only ten bucks, especially now about- that uh, women's and children's sizes are delayed because of the the coronavirus. So, um, you know, like they're they're uh, they're, they're definitely making money on these things. It's no big deal. Yeah, I'll put my money where my mouth is. And I, 
I'll find out exactly who I need to send this check to, which isn't the easiest thing. You would think it would be a lot easier. And it's <laughs> yeah. not. I've been digging around. Uh, I'm going to find where to fucking send this money to. Uh, I'll send them 30 bucks and just be like, look, you're sure I'm going to put uh, for not a good, I don't know what I'm going to put in the memo. Uh, it won't be something cruel, uh, but it definitely will say for not a shirt. Uh, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, uh, and, and that'll be it. Like I, I'm not trying to tell people not to buy it. Yeah, buy I think you could just. I think you could say the nice thing would be to say, "I support the mission, not the. Sh- I, I don't need the shirt." Send I don't, 15 actual <clears throat> bucks and say, "This is the color green you should have used for this goddamn shirt." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, are we so, <clears throat> are we in agreement that 2015 is the best version of the shirt? Is that I mean, from from graphic graphics wise, it is it is a shirt that I just can wear. It's not. I, like, I think when it came out, I said I don't hate it, um, and that's about as kind as I'm probably going to be again about any shirt yeah. that has graphics on front and back. I don't hate it. It wasn't a. It was a fairly decent shade of green. Um, the fit's good too, and I like the material. They have a new manufacturer for the for the. Um, I think 2017 they started, and that was the one Jude was talking about. I don't like the fit of these particular shirts compared to what they had preceding it. I know they had Adidas for a few years doing the shirt. I know one guy really, really was pissed because they're not, like, super thick. (laughs) I got some messages about uh, the shirts are trash. I'm like, who the hell wants to wear a thick-ass shirt? Yeah, 2015 is aesthetically sort of the thing I kind of gravitate towards. Yeah, so me that too. that would be kind of that would be kind of where I live. Um, 2004 wasn't. I gotta be honest, gotta be so honest with you. I uh, I love my 2006 shirt. I don't know who made that one, manufactured it, but it's a uh, like a heavier cotton, and it's perfect for like fall days uh, because it's a little bit it, it's a little bit better on terms of like if it's like a crisp, like October or late September day or whatever, uh, obviously the back is unfortunate because it's got like Charlie Weiss next to Newt Rockney and Lou Holtz or whatever, but the front's pretty rad. So I, one I like of that. these things is not like the other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I think that, that particular type of design, which I think 2006 and 2015 both uh, had in common was if you're going to do something on the front, it needs to be more like skinny banner type across yeah. the way smaller yeah. in yeah. nature uh and, and the back then the back you do whatever that i think you can you can get away with in this instance uh for, for this type of shirt um it's certainly nothing i would buy out the rack uh ever but but as far as material like i don't know i'm a big guy I, to be honest with you I when i saw like the 19 one last year I, I was like yeah I, I could live with that i mean i, I don't think it's a bad shirt it's just, you know, the, the ball is probably a little too big for my taste, but like, it's just whatever, you know, it, color is, is this, the, the one, the, the feeling I felt about this one this year is just, there's too much. Like when you have to explain your 17 dev- design elements, like you just, I, I think you just went too far. I, I you know, like it's, there's I, nothing Notre Dame likes to do more than explain their shit. Yeah. Just like when they, you know, the field with the, I just don't think lines, the 18 needed, degree, you know, all that jets. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. So I really didn't like that. The, the football player on the right side, they put in the water skis, jumping over the shark in the, in, in the lake there. I thought that was a little bit too much. <laughs> so go, funny hey, I saw, someone say on Twitter was, uh, uh, they're really concerned about Notre Dame putting, uh, a graphic of somebody punting the football on the shirt. That's a bad omen for the season. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
<laughs> so I got a kick out of that one too. So, I don't know, but we're, we're going to move past the shirts. Um, they're garbage trash. If you like them, good for you. Um, but they're, they're not for me and I'm not going to sit here and say they're not, or they are uniforms. Let's get wild. Let's get weird. Um, uh, where do we even begin? So I, I guess I, I'm going to start it off. With the, we're going to go this route. <clears throat> Notre Dame for all of its existence. People look at Notre Dame as like traditional uniforms, right? The thing, though, is the dirty little secret is Notre Dame has had many, many different versions of their regular uniforms, many different versions. Yeah. Uh, And just but the look is always a traditional look. It's not traditional. It's a traditional look. There's a big difference there. And so when people start talking about what their favorite uniforms are and all this, it's easy to go back to your favorite era that you came up with. So many people that that, you know, we deal with on a daily basis on the site and whatnot. The Holtz era jersey uniforms are <clears throat> that's Notre Dame. That's that that's that's their traditional uniform. When no, it's not their traditional uniform. Holtz was just a traditional list, and they won a lot of fucking games in those uniforms. So yeah. that's what you're going to gravitate towards. And even uh, Holtz was messing with them. Just it, it, there were subtle yeah. messes, but you were seeing. And he wanted to do more than that too. Yeah, you were seeing little differences. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. the famous story about Lou Holtz is that he wanted to put the dome on the helmet. You know, so he wanted to like, put ND on the helmet. Right. The story is that he wanted to put ND on the helmet, and uh, and Father yeah. Ted said, "Well, would you put would you put an ND on the dome?" Yeah. You know, so so that that's that's our starting point right there is that there have been many different uh, regular jerseys uniforms for Notre Dame, many different uh, ones. So. To say one is the actual like like Penn State and Alabama, their shit has been the same for fucking decades upon decades. Minor differences here and there, but basically the same. Notre Dame cannot say that. They they just can't. It's okay. I know that's breaking the heart. Like somewhere that's sacrilegious to say, but it's the fucking truth. Well, what does Penn State so, change about their jersey? It's just a stupid white jersey with a blue line. Right. Exactly. And There's nothing special about their jersey. It's just a dumb white jersey that. But there will be Notre Dame fans who want to be in that conversation of being like the most traditional uniform, and you're just not. It, we're, we're never have been, uh, except I, not even in the 40s. We're going back and forth like the entire Leahy years. We were green for God's sakes, or most mm-hmm. like 90 percent of the Leahy years, we were green uniforms. So 1953, they had a uh, green and white green jerseys, white numbers, and their helmet had a black stripe that went down the middle of it. Mm-hmm. We had a fucking nuclear sign on our helmet one year. That's yeah. right. Yeah, they, they 59. Oh, was it 59. Yeah. Yeah. So early 60s, they rocked a shamrock on the side of the so helmet. Just, and then in uh, yeah, 63, a huge divorce year. They, they had the, they the, the numbers numbers on the, Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's get that out. Let's get that out of the minds. All right. Notre Dame is not. Penn State, Alabama, and the traditional uniform set. I'm sorry if that upsets you, but that's just the honest to God truth. Uh, if you if you accept that, you're able to have a normal conversation. So, having said all that, let's talk about just just your favorite set of uniforms, fellows. So, Brendan, uh, 
what is your favorite set? Whether like era, year, um, or a- any of that. What what uh, Notre Dame uniform did did you have you enjoyed the most of the of the regular uniforms? Not uh, uh, n- n- keeping the kind of the Shamrock series separate from this part of it. I I got to be honest. I really like after 2014. So basically from 15 on, because once Under Armour came, I really like their current kit a whole lot. I wish the numbers were a little bit bigger on it, but I'm a really big fan of what they're doing presently with the Under Armour uniform. Um, before that, I actually really liked. Uh, I like I like the Bob Davy was probably I like Bob Davies stuff I think better than I liked anything in the the whole scene era I liked having the the dome um, sort of on the neck like that and I like the shamrock uh, or not the shamrock but I like the the champions logo on there and then um, you know the ND on the the pants is a good look I was a I think they had the shamrock on the pants I don't know if that was Davy or not um, but yeah, I, I, I liked I liked the Bob Davy year uniforms and I even kind of liked this might be sacrilegious, but I really liked uh, the 2002 away unis where they had the gold in the armpits, where they had the. Ooh, yeah, that's spicy. Not, not a fan of those. That's spicy. I kind of like that. Um, but the one thing about those uniforms and why I think I like this one more than anything Holtzian um, is I like the old gold pants. I do not like the Vegas Vegas gold, the sort of stripper pants. I don't like those shiny, shiny gold pants. Okay. Just not a, just not a fan. Notre Dame for a hundred years wore old gold, and then Lou Holtz brought in the shiny gold, and everybody thinks that that's what they should be wearing. As to what you were mentioning before, Jude, what about about you? And as, as an alum, are you are you more uh, are you more uh, you know? Do you love the the uniforms while you were at school more than? No, you know, I have no, I have no connection. I have no real connection to, I mean, I think we talked in a, a couple of podcasts ago that Mark Edwards champion Jersey was the first one that I really coveted. But, um, now I think the champion ones kind of look like a very much a product of the era in that, which they came from. I, I was pretty, actually pretty happy with a lot of this stuff that Adidas put out. Um, I think maybe there's too many design elements, but I did really like the the shamrock on the on the neck uh, the neckline, and then the American flag that they that they had for um, kind of the post September 11th, and they held onto that for a couple of years. Um, and those pants also had a little green um, shamrock on the hip too, which I think was a, a thing that you saw in the Holt years for for maybe because Paulus definitely had one, maybe so like I want to say 95 or 96. Um, and so I kind of like that element to it, but the, the current helmets are the ones that I, that I really, uh, enjoy the most. I, I just, I, I look at every th- game before 2011 and I'm just like, it, it just, it, it bums me out to see that kind of drabness because I remember so many games that play in Navy where it just, it, it almost seemed impossible to tell, you know, the, the two teams apart cause they just look so similarly dressed. And, and, uh, when they came out with those, those helmets, they really popped and I've, I've really liked them since. So. Um, I definitely, I'm definitely, I, I like what they wear now, uh, home and away. Um, but yeah, I can't get behind the, the armpit sweat pits, uh, the brand was all about, it's just not my thing. And the I also, golden sweat. um, uh, a different color, like, um, 
v-neck than than what your shirt is so like anything champion era is pretty much out for me okay yeah i i I think i think we're kind of all under a little bit of agreement on this which maybe isn't too shocking but yeah i the current uniforms i adore i really do uh but with one exception and brendan already mentioned it the not i'm just not i don't dig the number font they are, it is a little too skinny. If if there could be like when they wore the the eighty eight throwbacks, uh, take away the faux mesh and just and just make that part of the. I just have those numbers be part of the. Yeah, um, the chunkier numbers, right? Yeah, I think those just those just look better. Um, but uh, but other than that, though, I'm I, I like Under Armour's the pants especially. I'm with Brendan on that. I never really had a strong feeling about the pants, honestly, until fans started going crazy about pants. And I figured I can't, I got to take a side. Right. And the more I think about it, I'm just like, I like that look like the the people want the pants to match the helmet, but why the helmet, if the helmet is the, is the dome, are the bricks the same color as the dome? No. It's just not how it works. It it separates itself, so it can't. It, it should be allowed to be a different color. Uh, so I, I like the pant color that's in use now. Uh, I think the home uniforms pop. I mean, I, I think Notre Dame's uniforms really pop out uh, in person and on television the way they are now. They've done a great job. Uh, I I'm glad that. Kelly brought the interlocking ND back yes. uh, instead of the numbers. Uh, during the Weiss era, those, I mean, you could see those numbers from outer space, <laughs> um, you know, on their chest and back. And then you had the arm number. I, it, it was too generic. And it was a throwback look to, you know, to what era was using for sure. Uh, but I, I'm past that. I did, didn't want that look. And as far as like the helmet color itself goes, definitely with Jude on this one. But the argument can be, and it's a good argument, the helmets during Holtz's time did have a, they were quite shiny. The problem is, is that technology has caught up with paint uh, or has moved past paint. Mm. So the helmets, the helmets used, you know, now, like say 2009, okay, they look like, we watch a lot of 2009 games lately. Sure. Absolutely, those helmets look drab as drab can be. And then they get knocked around and flaked off because of the paint. None of it was sticking on there. It was because of the of the material, the helmet material. It was hard to get the paint to stick on it. So you had to use different variations of the paint. Where back in Holtz's day, it was a whole different ball game. So yeah, you could get this metallic gold on those helmets, and it's all good. They, they, do, they did shine. They were nice. But if you can't do that anymore, and I, look, I know the tradition of painting the helmets was a, a well-loved part of Notre Dame football lore, but at some point, enough was enough. And like 2009, 2010, that was enough. That, that, it, it was over with. I mean, we all loved horse and buggies at one point too, right? You had to start getting on a car. And what they did with the helmets, what they have now, is just far superior. If they look great. I'd rather them look great than to tell the, than to have fucking, uh, Tariko spin the tail about painting the helmets too, or 
probably every home game because uh, that's what used to happen. Uh, you'd get the shot of the student managers painting the helmets and all that shit. We're past that. So, yeah, I really enjoy the uniforms I have now. Um, now, are there some years where I would love to, like, go back and, and, and pull a throwback out, like, for an entire fucking season? Absolutely. I mean, I, I would I would love it. They never and they won't. And that's fine. But I would absolutely love it if Notre Dame would just say, all right, we're going to not commemorate just a, a like the the 07 throwback, the 77 throwbacks that were in 07, which are my favorite uniforms of all time. As far as like a, a singular, like alternate uniform, they're gorgeous. Uh, and Adidas did those. But like, say we want to do the entire shit. I don't know the 1959 season, where where they had the nuclear <laughs> shamrock, <laughs> and you had not only did you have uh, blue and white aways, but you had green too as well. Uh, they they wore all three that year. <clears throat> I mean, so I wouldn't mind if we did a whole season like throwing it back to a to a to a year. Um, Josh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the long con we got, we're, we're seven years out until you can pull this off, but you need to start campaigning now hard and loud for 2027, <laughs> for 2027 as the 50th anniversary of the 1977 season. They just wear those greens the whole year. Well, they didn't bring out the greens until, until the, the uh, USC game. And then they wore them for the remainder of the year. For the remainder of the year, and then basically to what, 1981? I don't know. Well, yeah, until 81. Yeah. And even in 81, as you have shown me, Brendan, uh, some. They did pull out really atrocious Including wearing the tannest pants that I've ever seen in my entire. They basically basically raided Jim Harbaugh's. They went into a time machine, uh, raided Jim Harbaugh's modern day wardrobe. And uh, stole some khakis because he's probably got you know 85 pairs of khakis in his in his uh, closet. Stole them all, brought them back so they could uh, wear them against USC and in the Liberty Bowl. I mean, I thought you were going to go a different route. I think we're getting to the point where we can probably take a whole season and each game be in a different Shamrock Series jersey or something. Oh, yeah. Or something <laughs> yeah, like I'll, get, I'll get on board with that. <laughs> you know, we, we you can go full Oregon uh, pretty soon. Uh, <laughs> with what they're doing. <laughs> Actually, you're not wrong. Well, we're, it'll, it'll have to be 2023 because 2023 will will mark uh, 12 years of Shamrock Series jerseys that they could use, right? But you only got two whites, so. Uh, well, I, you just need to negotiate. And one uh, of them's not even Shamrock Series. Yeah, That's one the, of them's not even Shamrock Series. Under the lights. Unless oh, you're true. The, the Rockney, Unless the Rockney the Heritage. There's, there's the Rockney Heritage too that didn't count. Um, you, you, you can count the, the what Rockney is that? The blue, gold, though. the go for gold cotton bowl jerseys. Yeah. The rush for gold, rush for gold, rush for gold. Yeah. Rush for gold. Uh, well, that that's which what should be, which should be their full time jerseys anyways. I agree with the that. outline gold they use in those uniforms. The, fire. The cotton bowl. That should be what we use full time. That's hot fire. Go back to the old font. And then use that that hot ass trim. Uh, I think your money. Yeah, I take that all day. I, I yeah that, and it doesn't seem like it's a particularly difficult thing to, and it looks and if I'm looking at because I have you gave me a fun little chart. 
It looks like they didn't change the font size until 2016, by the way. It looks like up until 20, 2016, they had normal-sized fonts, but now yeah. these numbers are just so tiny and, and I don't know, diminutive that it, uh, that it takes away from it. When I see a two in somebody's jersey, when I see uh, Litchfield Ajavon play football in my favorite uniform, number 23, this season, I want that 23 to just take up his entire chest. Yeah, I think it was, it was 2016, so there's some ominous tones to that. Yeah. Um, that the, the numbers – uh, skinnied up quite a bit. Um, it, it was definitely a different font going from Adidas to to Under Armour, from which was last year. Adidas was 2013, and then going to Under Armour in 2014 is different. Um, a different font, but uh, the the big difference came, like you said, in 16 for sure. I mean, there's and they've been that skinny since. I think that was also the year that Brian Kelly, um, he embraced his yoga and decided to take better care of his frame. So maybe the numbers <laughs> signify Brian Kelly's uh, slimming waistline as well. Well, it, <laughs> what's interesting, too, that now that I'm I'm looking at this, uh, the last year of, of Notre Dame wearing Adidas is the is my least favorite. One of my least favorite uh I think of that era or whatever. I don't know. Awesome. They had but like the, the they, they had the wings. They had yeah. you know they had the the wing things on there, and yeah. it's just it's Adidas awful. Look. Always very big on these sublimated designs. They started doing that. Wasn't that Adidas to do the sweatbacks uh, for the for the basketball team too? Yeah, they did the sweat. Do you remember the cummerbund the cummerbands that they put the yeah. basketball players in, and they made and Notre Dame the wear Zumba the fruit yeah. stripe outfits. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the, so, some of the stuff Adidas did basketball wise was, I, I mean, I applaud the, the, uh, the camo try, but that was the wrong, that, that was just wrong. Well, the, that's the not camo. The thing I hated about the fruit stripe was, um, they made Louisville do the fruit stripe. Like, so it was just, it was just like, Hey, pick a color. And it had nothing to do with Notre Dame. It was just, it had everything to do with Adidas. Adidas wanted us to wear whatever. You know, and and you're okay. Green's your color because you're Notre Dame or whatever. But red is Louisville's color. They were the same exact uniforms for like four different teams. They just had different colors. That's what last year's throwback was. Last year's throwback was not unique to Notre Dame at all. Which was the biggest sham where they they put the 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 faux mesh in the numbers. There were three other schools that did the same thing where they had the faux mesh inside of their numbers. It was not unique to Notre Dame at all last year. Uh, People dug the pants. They're a little. Little yeah, shinier. a little bit shinier. Got a little bit more of a hooker in them. Yeah. I believe uh, the pants were named uh, like Topaz or Jade or something. <laughs> Destiny. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're just going to shoot the shit about some more uniform talk. Why not? Uh, so hold on. All right, back to back to this whole whole thing. Um, let, let, let's get this out of the way real quick. Brendan, do you have a favorite jersey number? Like, do you, yeah. is there a, is there a number like that you gravitate towards? Is it something you wore? Is it something that uh, that that you w- want your favorite players to wear? Uh, whatever the reason, do you do you have a favorite number? Yeah, I absolutely have a favorite number. Um, I actually have a, a, a on my Notre Dame, I guess one of my Notre Dame walls. 
I have uh, autographed pictures of all of my favorite number 23s because growing up, my favorite um, Notre Dame football player was Autry Dedson, who was number 23. Um, and then Golden Tate was my next favorite player, also number 23. And then Drew Tranquil sort of um, sealed the deal for me because I think underrated his his 2018 season is one of the more underrated seasons of a Notre Dame football player. If you look at it from like, you know, 30,000 feet of everything that his injuries, the way that he played, the way that he anchored that defense, what he did. Uh, and he was fantastic in 2017. Don't get me wrong. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the number 23 for my money is my favorite. It's, it's sort of weird. It's kind of a, a, a kitschy number. 23, which is what I, I like to gravitate toward. But yeah, uh, outside of the usual like seven or whatever, uh, 23 is definitely my favorite number. Jude, what about you? Yeah, I, I don't really have a number. I think um, I think aesthetically, I, I do like the number seven. Um, you know, I, I guess as, as Notre Dame fans, we were supposed to like three, but I always thought three looked we- like really naked. I think three is a kind of a weird number, to be honest with you. A three on a quarterback doesn't look too bad, but three on a running back always look kind of strange. Uh, and when people would wear three, it would look very weird, uh, depending on their body type too. So, um, I don't know. I didn't, I, I've never really had a number where I was like, uh, you know, Oh, I want that or whatever. Um, I have a couple hanging in my closet and I, I think I've made this offer before, but anybody who hears this, who, who wants to take me up on it, I've got a, Everett Golson, Manti Teo era, uh, Adidas number five Jersey hanging in my closet. I don't think I've worn it in five years. I've got a Brady Quinn number 10 Browns Jersey hanging in my closet. And I'm not sure I've worn <laughs> that in 10 years. Uh, you know, I just, I, I feel like at 40 years of age, I can't rock football jerseys anymore. I just don't feel like that guy. Um, so, you know, if anybody's got a, like a big kid or, or something like that, that, that wants a Jersey. Uh, I think they're probably, you know, whatever men's size large or whatever, 46 or whatever it is. Um, and they're welcome to it. I just, uh, I, I just, was never a guy who was like, I need to see a certain number. Um, you know, my feeling has been like, if the kid's turning, like I used to buy a uh, little pink jerseys for, for my, uh, for my nieces. And if they were like turning like seven, then I could get one in the bookstore if they were turning three or, you know, I think the year Lewis Nix like was big in the bookstore. I was very happy because somebody was turning nine, you know, and it was just like, it worked out. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't tend to gravitate towards any certain number. Okay. You don't like think of, you don't associate when, when I, when I say Notre Dame football Jersey, there's not a number that pops into your head. Like if you were to, in your mind's eye, picture a Notre Dame football player, what number are they wearing? Yeah. I just, to be honest with you, I know it sounds weird, but, but no, not really. You know, if you, I guess I would think of a certain player and then know his number, but I don't like, it's not a generic, you know, when I go into the bookstore, I expect to see three. I expect to see, you know, if it, if, uh, you know, whoever the quarterback's number is, you know what I mean? Like, and they're usually a year behind these things anyways. So it's kind of, it's kind of a weird thing too. Cause some years you're like, okay, well they're selling Niles Morgan jerseys now. And I'm not really sure why my brother, <laughs> you know? my brother bought me a number eight, uh, under armor, number eight Jersey, which is, uh, the only, uh, under armor Jersey I won. As you well know, uh, he certainly didn't win the starting job going into 2016. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, my buddy uh, Chaz had a, a David Grimes jersey, eleven. And first of all, I think eleven looks awesome. really looks really weird on people because that's two skinny numbers. Um, but also, it's, 
11 is not a number you see a lot of people wearing around. And so, you know, you could say, uh, Tommy Rees or something, you know what I mean? But like, it's not a number. A lot of people have had that have, have made a big career out of the number 11. So it was kind of a, it was kind of an oddity to amongst all the three sevens and tens that you totally see or 89 and, th- or I'm sorry, 89, 83. 83 and 81. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. 80, 81, a little bit. Yeah. Depending on your age, obviously. So before I let you know what my favorite number is, <clears throat> I got to say, I own four jerseys. I own an 11, a nine and a 44. And I also own a, a white Joe Montana throwback with his name on the back. I have worn may I've worn a Jersey maybe twice in 20 years <laughs> and maybe not even for a full time length. I am not a Jersey wearer. in fact, I am actually a person who probably makes fun of people wearing jerseys. Um, not to be cruel, but it's just not my, it's not my gig. Um, for, and for some reason I own fucking four of them, uh, <laughs> which makes not, no, not to cut you off too much, but Jalen Smith, Smith wore a throwback Montana Jersey, like a 77 special or whatever. No, it was great. Was fresh. Fucking dope yeah, in that. Jalen Smith like, can get I away would with never that. in a million years make that uniform look anywhere near as good as he did. You know, that, listen, before I go any further, that's one of my favorite, one of my favorite images of that game. Uh, and we're talking 2018 Michigan because every picture with Jalen Smith, somebody with Jalen Smith, they all got their sideline passes and all that. All Jalen's doing is rocking his chain <laughs> of, of him doing his bowling action. That's it. I didn't see a press pass and I looked hard because I noticed that on the field after the game, I looked and that went to Mike's all Mike's photos looked, could not find one tucked in a back pocket or nothing. Jalen Smith owns that stadium as he should. Uh, his press pass was his chain. Uh, and he <laughs> looked absolutely fantastic. I thought it was, uh, thought it was great. Yeah. He can get away with that. I, I just can't. It's just, it's just not me. Um, so having said that, none of those jerseys are my favorite number. Um, which when I started playing football, first of all, I, I, I planned on being number 40. And while we were picking numbers, a friend of mine, he was behind me in line and it was our first year playing. And he, he's like, dude, I'm going to get 40. I'm like, what? I'm like, no, man, I am. He's like, dude, he's like, his whole thing was about 40 ounces. And he saw that had something about forties in it. This was his thing. It's still his thing. 30 <laughs> years late. Uh, so, so I, I end up being, you know, being the friend and not taking 40. I took 42, which I attributed to, uh, to a guy who played, Fullback at Hicksville, uh, wore num- number 42. Um, so I always think think about him. Uh, and, uh, but then also uh, Michael Stonebreaker, just in a way. And I wasn't a linebacker either, but I liked the number I took it. Still, that's not my favorite number. Rudy Rudiger, 45. Fi- listen, finally, <laughs> in the I had been going to some f- uh, football camps you know, in the summers. and But finally, and I, finally, uh, it was between my junior and senior year. So I changed numbers just for my senior to my senior year. And I had been catching a ton of shit because the football camp I went to, uh, was a, uh, was a Rod Woodson football camp in Fort Wayne. And everybody, everybody on my team, they just fucking called me Woodson left and right. Just make it. They've been doing it for a couple of years. All right, Woodson. All right. I played corner. Woodson was one of my idols growing up. I love the way he played football. 
uh, Purdue grad, whatever, don't care. Uh, I'm from Fort Wayne. That guy was a god. Uh, still is. So as a big fuck you to everybody, I took 26 my senior year because if anyone's going to talk shit about me, I'm going to fucking own it like a potato. You know, you, you ain't going to hold that over me like that. So I took 26. I ended up loving that number. That number means everything to me. The problem with Notre Dame is name the name some good players wearing number 20, 26 <laughs> from Notre Dame. I'm uh, I'm struggling here. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. I, I had great hopes for Jamara Slaughter. Uh, that didn't work out. There you go. I mean, I love Jamara, but just had to, had some injuries. So yeah, 26 is my favorite number. Uh, I, I guess thinking back to about all this, the number I wanted most uh, was number 12, but we didn't have that. When There's I was a, not a single scholarship player on the roster, by the way, that wears number 26 right now. <laughs> Just yeah. putting that out there. Yeah, I know. I know it. That's what I'm saying. It was like Travis Thomas, right? He was 26. Yeah, Travis Travis Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, Such it. high hopes for Travis Thomas. Linebacker, running back, good guy. Cover Sports Illustrated. I got to see my jersey. Cover Sports Illustrated. Uh, also got to see him uh, stuff short against Navy to uh, break a 43-year streak. So not the greatest thing. But yeah, that's that's my favorite number. It's a... Uh, like I said, it would have been 12 if we would have had it in high school. Um, but like our, our school maybe had like two, they had a three to seven, 11, seven. I mean, it was, you know, we're talking about maybe 40 guys on a team. You don't need a whole lot of numbers, uh, yeah, but sure. uh, maybe it was 45. Anyway, it didn't really matter, but, but yeah, so 26 and it only happened from you know, my senior year as a fuck you to everybody. I'm going to own this kind of a thing. You, you were all uh, so in I, on uh, Ashton White? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I was all in on Ashton White. I mean, dude, if, if a Notre Dame player takes 26, uh, <laughs> I mean, I did have a captain, right? Austin, Austin Webster. Webster was, yeah. was the yeah, captain, yeah. Got, got a captain. So if someone's got a Austin Webster 26 with a C jersey on it, I'll fucking take that. I'll take that <laughs> out of my wall. Uh, but yeah, so I am waiting – I'm just waiting for the next great 26, the first great, the first great 26, 26 to, uh, to appear. It's been some 25s, yeah. but yeah, 2975 is going to be like, are you, how are you forgetting? Like, look, bro, I wasn't even born in 75. It's going to be hard to think back to that. So, but <laughs> old Pee Wee Johnson, but waiting, waiting on whoever wants. I mean, if Chris Tyree shows up and takes 26, it's over with. It's over with. <laughs> Oh, he's gonna, he's going to show up and probably take the lowest possible number, right? Or number twenty? Uh, is that is that is number twenty available? Sebo's um, got that. Uh, yep, yep. Sebo, yep. Sebo's got it. So he could he could show up. Uh, I don't know. What did he wear? What did he wear in uh, high school? Four. Which there's uh, a big battle right now. Uh, between, uh, Avery Davis, Avery yeah, Davis Ke- eh? <laughs> and Kevin Austin. Austin. So yeah. who's Who's going to bend there? According uh, to UND's roster right now, Avery Davis is rocking number three and Kevin Austin yes. is four. So oh. it looks like that's been decided. I don't know if we're breaking some news here, but this is the football roster from Notre Dame's official website. It looks okay. like uh, I think we're breaking some no. news here. Uh, Avery Davis is number three, boys, and Kevin Austin has won the battle at number four. So what, 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 would, be, what would be next single? Did, I mean, they're By not the way, Kevin far, Avery right? Davis is also listed as a cornerback according to the football roster 2020 2021. Yeah, utility. Need to put a big U over there. But uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, they painted themselves into a corner with number one. 
the the whole fiasco yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they're screwed there, right? So, <laughs> so I, who knows? We'll ever see that again. And meanwhile, you got you know, got you got double digit owners everywhere. So let me ask you, Roger, Jim, what do you think about what do you think about all these? I have a, I used to not care about double digit wares, like two players owning the same number. Like I, I used to not care at all. <clears throat> but the more it goes on, the more it kind of like, come on, dude, get your own fucking number. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I don't know. And this has nothing to do with knowing who's who. I know what these players are. I know which one of the 18s is on offense and which one which is Joe Wilkins Jr. And 18 is not a supplemental defense. I don't have a problem in my brain finding no one who's who. But I just, I guess there's so many of them. I have a big problem with like, just get your own damn number. You got 85, you got 85 scholarship athletes. And then there's the walk-ons on top of that. It's like an entire series of numbers, not an entire decade of numbers. Well, Maybe like, there's going to be less because nobody's mentioned this. And maybe this is what Chris Tyree goes with because he's going to be the future zero. star of the team. Zero. Yeah, zero. I I have proposed. I think zero's I've, back. I've said that I think before. I, I hope Tyree takes zero. Boy, I, I, I'd want our first fullback signing to be a zero. I think zero is <laughs> a great fullback number. No, fullback's got to be in the 40s, right? I think it's almost a, a requirement. I don't know, man. Zero. I think zero would work out. Like zero well, yeah. works. At, it was zero works. Weird to see Tyler Luatua at thirteen as a fullback. You know, it's like, eh, it doesn't feel like a fullback number. Oh no, that's good. Thirteen's good. For sure. Larry, you think well, Larry. Key, Larry Keys is rocking the old uh, thirteen right now. <laughs> Larry. But Brock like my heart Larry always did. broke when when Brock Wright would line up as a fullback, but he's eighty nine. It just didn't feel right. It was yeah. just an H back. But yeah. if it would have been like Tommy Trimble twenty four, I mentioned that line out back there. Now nine. now. Now my heart's racing. Or yeah. like that one play where Paul Moala was like 75 or something. We're like, who's this guy making plays? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 75. Oh my goodness. Yeah. There's just, uh, I'll, tell you, I'll just... tell you when I started worrying about guys wearing the same number. Uh, it was, it was an early November day in 2012. Oh, <laughs> 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 Dear would have just fumbled away. Uh, possibly our winning, uh, Winning, oh game, winning touchdown. Slowest fumble of all time. It too. Yeah. God. Um, oh. Look, my feeling is like, you know, people form attachments in peewee leagues and, and high school and stuff like that to certain numbers. And so if they come up in the ranks and nobody's got their number on their side of the ball, I'm okay. I, I don't care. I'm okay with it. Like if you, if you were 18 your whole life and, and some other dude's 18 before you, like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like you should be allowed to wear 18, you know? So uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't mind. Like I said, I'm a guy who took a number to to tell everybody to fuck off. So maybe I'm looking at it <laughs> a different way. I get it, but I've owned it. Like, I mean, ever since you look at you look at Julian Love, right? He wanted he he wanted 20 because that's the number he wore in high school or whatever. And so when he went to the Giants, they didn't have 20 available, and so now they have it available. So he made this big splash about I'm I'm back to where I you know want to be in number 20 or whatever. Yeah. So um, you know, Uniforms. whatever. At other universities, they're very – for whatever reason, for Notre Dame and all of their traditions, they're, they've left numbers open. Other universities and other – especially in professional sports, they've retired uniform numbers and um, attached a certain reverence to 
two numbers. I mean, uh, Notre Dame, the, the big three for all intents and purposes, right, are three, five, seven. Is that that's that's pretty fair to say the three best numbers as far as it's got the most Heisman winners from Notre Dame, right? Um, maybe not. I don't uh, know. I mean. I, 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 but I mean, three, right now, he has that mystique above all else. I think three probably. Clark's wearing number seven. Keaton Grip is wearing number three. Avery Davis is wearing number three. And right now, nobody on Notre Dame's roster is wearing number five. But that's not to say that means that an incoming freshman's probably maybe, maybe Caleb Offord ends up putting no, on the number 21. five. He's 21 now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually really, I, I am really glad Notre Dame does not retire numbers, um, which is also makes it even more frustrating be, that with all these double numbers because you have fucking numbers everywhere to use. There, there's none retired except for I, one. I, one I'm going to say I, I'm going to say something. I think it might be unpopular. I actually kind of really like what Michigan does, where they honor the 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 remarkable player that had the number with a patch on the, on the Jersey of the person currently sporting it. I think that kind of honors the past while allowing the, the number to still, to still exist in rotation. Like I think that's actually probably a pretty good compromise. I hated it when their quarterback was wearing 98. Cause I, was I so thought that you were about to go. I thought you said, I really respected it when Devin Garner wore number no, 98. I thought that was beyond stupid, but um, you know, I, I, I like the idea that, you know, and I think there's there's some things too where you know guys call these legends and say you know hey I want this number or whatever and the legend like assents or doesn't assent or whatever you know so like I like that whole aspect of it you know I remember was it Joe Theismann who was all cheesed off that somebody uh, took seven after him and he was like he didn't like was it Jerry's Jackson because he like didn't Jerry's bestow Jackson. it on them or something was it Jimmy Jimmy and yeah. then. I don't remember. Now it's Brennan. Now it's now it's uh, Brennan Clark. Brennan spelled wrong, but it's Brennan Clark's got it right now, right? Yeah, yeah. For some I mean, reason, for, I've got stuck in my head that the Thiesman wanted somebody to kiss his ring, and and they didn't do it, and he was all like, you "Might know, have been Jimmy then." Yeah, who knows? But who cares, right? Yeah, but didn't Berline wear seven? Yeah, I think Berline was a seven, right? Right. So, come it's, on, Joe. It's not like come the. On. Like Michigan's got this boner for the number one, which is what I hate about Michigan and their dumb numbers is they have the number one jersey for Michigan. They just invented it. It was sort of like Lou inventing some traditions. Um, Michigan invented this number one tradition. And then you had to like uh, be voted for some stupid reason for the number one or something along well, those that's lines. A, it was, that's what it was Notre Dame did in 2016. Too, right? Well, well in it for Michigan, just one has to be a wide receiver and has to be like the top dog, right? It was like one of the big thing with like Funches and, and all that shit. Yeah, Funches, well, uh, yeah, he was the number one. Michigan. We talk about Ron Funches or? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, Devin. Okay. Yeah. Devin. <laughs> Ron. Ron Funches. He's great in Trolls World <laughs> Tour, by the way. Uh, maybe the only redeeming value of Trolls World Tour. <laughs> Very overrated time period. Spent watching that damn thing. Uh, are we going to get to talk about our favorite ones? Because I don't, I don't know that I've gotten to talk about my favorite uniforms that they've ever put out. What's your favorite uniform that they've ever worn? 2011 under the lights. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's my favorite. That, that is just so beautiful. It's such a beautiful jersey. They wore it. So, it looks so good, so clean. I loved everything about it. 
I loved oh, everything about it until Gary Gray's head. Just, oh, well, I didn't love the game. You're right. Yeah. Until they played. I'm, I, you know what? I even liked uh, 40, what? 47 of the minutes of the football, 40, right. 47 of the minutes of the football game. They were, I, except for like Julius Jones was the last time I saw Notre Dame sort of have a rushing performance. Like they did do the first half of that football game. And then they just decided not to run. Dominating. Oh God. I think we're well into this podcast, but I think the reason that we did, we didn't mention this, but the reason that we're talking about uniforms this week is it's, it's actually uniform week for SB nation. Last week, this week, we're going to be kind of deep diving on on some uniforms. So uh, one of my research projects, and, and, and if anybody knows the answer to this and has listened to the podcast so far, uh, would love to help me out on this is, is uh, Jerry Faust's insistence on going not only to back to blue, but to a new shade of blue, a Madonna blue. Um, you know, my initial research has suggested that he had somebody at the university archives try to figure out what the original colors were uh, for Notre Dame. And they came up with this, this Madonna blue uh, color and he stuck with it for his first three years and then went back to era's Navy blue uh, for his final two years, which was kind of weird. He also promised he would always keep it blue because um, blue to him represented the Blessed Mother and then came out and <laughs> had green jerseys for USC, but had to keep the blue promise. So he had this ugly blue stripe in between and this yellow, otherwise yellow and green uh, jersey. So it's a, it's probably the, I think the ugliest jersey that Notre Dame has ever done was that, the, that 80. Uh, I think it's 83 USC jersey with the with the green, yellow, and and <laughs> sort of blue stripe in the middle. And uh, there's an, another off green in there too. It's an it's an awful jersey. I believe it's because Jerry Faust believed in the mantra, um, "Eyes clear, full hearts can't lose," and his <laughs> eyes were the same color blue as the uniform because he had very blue Madonna blue eyes. And I think he was like, "Well, if we can mirror that on the uniform." I think it'll help transition this high school coaching performance that I've had because that's what, you know, good well, high school exactly coaches like say. They say they say eyes clear, full hearts. That's a well, that's a good, and, and that's that's the thing is that Muller High School's um, colors are are kind of like a Michigan, uh, you know, maize and and blue or whatever. So blue and blue and gold or blue and yellow are are not unfamiliar to him, and and I get so I sort of understand that. But then to have this whole, like, I asked the university to research what the original colors are, and we're going back to that. And then three years later, to just totally give up the ghost on that that whole thing and not say, I'm sticking with the Madonna Blues, which they t- were called, although I don't know if that's actually the color, uh, and then just kind of quietly go back to the era color. And then the thing that surprises me in doing this research, and I, I did a couple hours tonight, is... This is not like, I mean, today we have websites dedicated to uniforms, like minutia and uniforms, right? Yeah, Uniwatch.com. Paul Lucas, Paul yeah, Paul Lucas, Lucas has made, has made, a, whole, made a career of it. Whole, whole living off of this. He, he wrote for ESPN and Sports Illustrated and all these other sites or whatever. Um, but you go back and you you try to find information from 1984 about, um, about this jersey switch to a major Notre Dame football program back to kind of the way that they looked for the era days. And barely registers a mention. I mean, I think that's kind of amazing to me uh, that this wasn't something that was really, um, you know, pawned over or thought about a lot. And, and even when he came out with the, with the, um, with the Madonna blue jerseys, it wasn't 
it wasn't clear. I'm not even sure that they wore him during the spring game, so I'm not sure he, it was clear until August or September that they were going in that direction. So, I, I, again, I've got to do some more research here, but I just think the whole thing is very interesting that there's such there's so little information because I think uniform uniform talk is something that not only are we doing tonight, but it's something that's pretty People love commonly it. No, discussed all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, on on sports websites. Nobody so, even brings up the fact. Didn't didn't in '85. I don't. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm pretty sure in '85 um, they did the they they played the rope a dope green jerseys at halftime at USC yes. again. Yeah. Yes, which yeah. is funny we'll too because again those don't have any blue in them, so he's completely given up the whole blue thing, right? By that point, and second of all, the game was freaking 27 nothing at half, right? And he was just like, ah, this was my idea. These jerseys. I'm still, still going to execute it, and it was just like. And, you know, to be honest with you, USC, to their credit, wasn't like they weren't bitching about that after the game. They were basically saying, like, look, we got our horses, you know, we got whipped here in this game or whatever. So it wasn't about uniforms or being shown up or anything like that. You know, like they can do whatever they want. And imagine and, that uh, happening. Imagine that happening in today's world. Oh, yeah. Honestly. It would just it would just be. It would be listen, listen, I think it was I think it was 74. Notre Dame was up 24 to nothing against USC. And then Pat Hayden in the second half threw 147 touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> and Anthony Davis and, ran for 74 more. <laughs> and, and the, um, uh, the, the directors of NBC sports were looking at that tape in 1995 or whatever it was. And was like, we need him in the booth for the Notre Dame broadcast. <laughs> because if, uh, if we can't have somebody who's, who's had a career day against Notre Dame in the booth, they at least need to, you know, have played at a university that it is a Notre Dame rival or rival adjacent, just like uh, Drew Brees is now, I I guess, going to be in the booth. Some, some uh, interesting things about Notre Dame's uniforms uh, that I, that I want to put out there. And I don't know if, I don't think I, I mean, I, I know I don't know the answers to why. So if someone knows why, all this went down, please, please, um, uh, let me know. Uh, but I mean, we all know about the, the 77 green Jersey game against USC, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all very familiar with that, but after 77, they decided to wear it full time. We're, we're in the green, but they started doing some really weird things with the green Jersey 1979, for example, Home against Georgia Tech, South Carolina, and Clemson, they have green jerseys with the with the collar stuff going on, and their names on the back. Against Michigan State and USC, not maybe this is because they're I don't know maybe it's because they're rivals. No collar thing going on, no names on the back. Then they go back, then against Miami, which I believe was the last game of the year. Yeah, that was um, the game they played in Tokyo. Yeah, they were oh, in Tokyo. So, okay, they went back to the green jerseys with the collar thing, but no names on the back. Well, they can't read it in Tokyo. They can't read the names. Like, so uh, that seriously happened. Like you, <laughs> like I, and I, I have no idea why. Even their, um, even their road uniforms did something ridiculous. Where on the road against Michigan and Purdue, they had uh, white uniforms, green letters or green numbers, but they had the names on the back. Against Tennessee, no names. Like, did they just not stitch it that week? Like, was it just like a, instead of it being like a reason, was it just because someone fucked up and didn't do their job? You know, 
<laughs> there's just some some interesting things yeah, going it's on. A great, that, it's a great research saying. topic that maybe somebody uh, should attack this week. You know, I would lo- I would love to know more. <clears throat> You're right. There's there seems to be an inconsistency there, and I wonder if it's easily explained or if it was a supply chain issue or an equipment equipment transportation issue or what the deal was. Yeah, it's just when you get into some of those, that just that stuck out to me like a story. Like, wait a minute, what the hell is going on here? It's just like, sir, like trying to figure this out. Maybe you're right. Maybe it gets Miami and Tokyo. Oh, what was that? The Sun Bowl or not the Sun Bowl, but the it was the Tokyo Mirage Bowl. Mirage Bowl. Mirage Bowl. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Maybe they just felt they're not going to be able to read English letters, which is probably pretty wrong. They probably read it quite well. <laughs> they just were going to do it. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that just doesn't make sense to me. Well, I know that during this era, and I can't I can't remember what year it is. Maybe it's listed here somewhere. Um, they played uh, on the road against Georgia Tech, but Georgia Tech wore white, so they actually wore their green home jerseys. So that's the thing that happened too. They wore green on the road. As, you know, which what they used to. Be. Honestly, that's a traditional thing Notre Dame used to do. Their green uniforms, uh, like. From 1919 to 1934, they wore their green ones on the road. Well, not 21, 27, 28, 34. They wore those on the road. Yeah. It's, it's a weird shit no. going on. It, that's not a, the, those are those are special games that he's he's denoting there. In fact, the 21 one is the one that's the burr in my saddle because everyone, if you, oh, okay. this is a whole tangent, but basically, I've been doing green jersey research on and off for I would say three or four years. And if you read uh, accounts on the internet, they'll say, this is really funny. Notre Dame doesn't know when its first green jersey game was. And, and, I'll, and I'm going to dovetail into another subject after I get on a green jersey, so bear with me here. But Notre Dame doesn't know when its first green jersey game is. So somewhere along the line, the canon was established that their first green jersey game was 1921 against Iowa. And that's fine, except the scholastic write-up of the Iowa game and no contemporaneous accounts from the newspapers mentioned the fact that Notre Dame wore green during that game. And my, my whole pushback on that is if they wore green and I'm not saying that they didn't, I just haven't found, maybe I haven't found the right source, but if they wore green during that game, don't you think that'd be worth mentioning? I mean, here's a, here's a team that has literally only outfitted themselves in blue up until this point. Uh, you no, know, they wore a like, McLovin vest for a, a hot minute for about <laughs> six years. They wore a McLovin vest. Yeah. Okay. So for almost for their entire eternity, they've done blue. Right. And so, and, and so the green was seen as uh, a chance to differentiate yourself from an opponent, especially if they were wearing another dark color. Um, and so there's a, there's another one, um, from the Princeton game. Uh, I think it's in 23, that Rockney talks about wearing the green jerseys before the game, and there's a whole article in the in the New England or in the New York paper about um, they're going to wear the the green jerseys and how this is a big deal. And again, is this a big deal if they wore them two years prior? Um, you know, they're making it like it's a big like it's the first time it's ever happened. And then I re- I, I caught up with an account after the game that said basically that that was not to do about nothing. He promised green jerseys. And then he didn't deliver. They wore the blues. So then it was like, okay, well, 20, the 23 Princeton game's not a green jersey game, but you, you'd see that listed as green jersey games. And so case. then you're down to 26 Penn State. And it's just like you, you can get yourself in a very deep hole. And, and actually, I got myself there tonight because I just started thinking about, well, why are Notre Dame's colors blue and gold? Does anybody know why Notre Dame's colors are blue and gold? Yeah. 
Okay, hit me. Uh, well, the dome's gold. Okay. Where does the blue come from? Uh, the lakes. Okay, sure. Well, Faust was right. There's, the school Boom. color is Boom. Madonna blue. Yeah. So why it's been navy blue, I have no idea. <laughs> so I found two different articles, right? One from 1887. It's a scholastic article that said, a correspondent has asked us, what are the college colors? Many years ago, Madonna blue and papal yellow were adopted in honor of the patron of the university and the head of the Catholic Church. Okay, that's an, art, that's an explanation I've never heard before. Here's one yeah. from 1891 from the Daily Calumet, which was a, a Chicago newspaper. Uh, um, uh, I, I don't have the exact quote here, but basically it says uh, blue, blue, rev, uh, blue, yellow symbolizes light and blue symbolizes the truth. And that's how it came to be. Dumb. And then when the dome, the dome was gilded, they adopted uh, gold and blue. They wore dumb white uniforms in 1980 until until the turn of right, the century. They had school colors well before 1887. That's the point here, right? Right, right. I mean, I guess so, but they they didn't even Michigan but, didn't even get off the bus to teach them interest, how to play football. The rack up ten if, if the university had no set, like where does the name Fighting Irish come from? Oh, that comes from. Um, uh, that well, there's several different comes, accounts. There's several different answers, right? There's I thought that, that that specifically came from. There's a locker room thing. There's a. There's a chant. There's a chant that the guy says, right? You, you're Irish and you're not fighting, right? There's the there's the derogatory thing. There's the what the people in the papers used to refer to them as. Right, and they but owned it like no, the number twenty six. There's no consensus, right? right? So Notre Dame has no good idea about where fighting. It doesn't have a. It's, has, it's Grantland Rice, right? It's Grantland Rice. Did he? Did he? No. Kid, no, no, he did, is, he did a blue, blue gray, he did blue gray sky October. and then yeah. four horsemen. So there's no consensus on where fighting Irish came from. There's no consensus on what the first green Jersey game was. There seems to, I'm going to ask that Notre Dame archives, but there seems to be some muddled consensus about why the colors are blue and are blue and gold. And, and maybe they started as blue and yellow. I think this, I mean, that stuff's kind of interesting to me. Well, it, I like I've the point I made earlier. It's interesting because People will lose their fucking minds and start shouting about what the traditional thing is. Right. Play like a and, champion today is a perfect example. Of that. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? That's a perfect example. The colors and what and what the uniforms are, quote unquote, supposed to look like, and all that. Uh, any any time the green jersey gets brought up, right? Like people like lose their minds uh, about the green jerseys and the and literal quotes from many many people over the years. Green is not the color, blah, blah, blah. It's not the traditional color. Well, listen up. I mean, Frank Leahy, who I still have as number one all-time Notre Dame coach, ahead of Rockney, 41 and 42, Notre Dame was blue. He goes to war. All right? He saw the comes light. Back. While he was gone, they're wearing green. When he comes back, they're green. They stay green. Until I mean, he, he was done coaching in 53, but they stay green and have a green uniform on, until 63 or until 64, really. You go from 1940, what did I say? 1943 to 1963, there was green in their uniforms. Yeah. Now, you know, in 59, they brought blue back. and uh, What color was the road uni? White. And it was the most – that's what the, the – um, the inspiration was for the uh, well, it was white right. and green. Well, it was the inspiration is, for the, the, is, the is under the, the lights. The under the lights uniforms are a combination. 
because the actual uniform 1960 helmet, the 1959 Jersey. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Uh, cause I, I, maybe they wanted to do the 59. Away, I don't think they wanted to put the, <laughs> but nuclear... they didn't want to put the, the nuclear, which would have been ballsy. But my whole point here is, is that green is as much of a Notre Dame football color as blue. If you want to get what's more traditional, what's more Notre Dame than fucking Frank Lake. You know what I'm saying? So, Putting all that nonsense aside, never mind the fact that, you know, we're still in the modern era of somewhat. You wore green for quite a few years in the late 70s. And I was thinking, I don't I don't get how people can pound their fucking hands on the desk and say, it, it's got to be blue. It's it's blue. Look at what Holtz wore. Holtz wore, Holtz wore a little bit of green. Who can forget the uh, the Fiesta Bowl? Nine. The spanking with Colorado? Who can forget the Fiesta Bowl greens? Uh, the Cheerios Bowls, they had green numbers. I wish they would have put the, the NB right. in so green, too. This, but. this brings me into another one of my pet peeves, if you allow me for a second. Um, Notre Dame keeps a record of Notre Dame's uh, um, uh, record in um, blue and, and what they call green jersey games. Okay, They consider the Sugar Bowl, nine, the 1992 Sugar Bowl, to be a green Jersey game. Okay. Absolutely. That, that I, I think like when you talk to people about green Jersey games and they'll say 77 USC and they will say that 92 sugar bowl and I'm yeah. okay with that, but at least be ideologically consistent because they do not count the 2011 under the lights game is a green Jersey game. And I just don't know how you could say that the 92 uniform is any more, more or less green than the, the 2011 uniform. In fact, well, the, I would argue the 2011. Do they count the 2016 Shamrock series game as a green? Yes. Jersey? Yes. <laughs> oh, but, 15 but, or 16? But here's, 16. But here's the thing. Let, let, oh, give the, the camos? Give the people, yeah. the, give the, the, people the full, ones. you need to give the people the full scope. I mean, you need to go back. You need to count the 85 game against SC. You need to count the 83 game against SC. You need to count the entire fucking 79, 80 seasons. You need to go. Every time they wore a green jersey is a green jersey game. They need to put that entire record in perspective instead of just this, this, this small myopic view of what the green jersey is over the last 41 years or 42 years, whatever, 43 years. So... We know, I mean, we know, we know that they will never put a Notre Dame team in a gold uniform, right? Outside of the 2003 spring game. <laughs> I was going to say. Which was pretty fresh. Which, which is funny, was too, because good. if you look for, I don't know about you guys, but I've looked a couple of times for the for photographic proof, before. and there's only like one picture. I think it's Justin Tuck, right? Justin it's Tuck, like, yeah. Justin Tuck, yeah. And it's like the only picture you and can find And an eBay picture where you can buy, buy uniforms of that spring game as well. Yeah. Yeah, the only picture picture of that existed online uh, that I can find, and we got access to all of Getty stuff um, that goes back, is that one of stock. That's it. How much fresher would the spring game look if it wasn't the blue-gold game? It was the fucking blue-green game, and they played blues versus greens, quarterbacks in red. And instead of going up against the white uniforms and then whoever won the blue green game in the spring, that was the primary uniform color for the remainder of the year. (laughs) (laughs) You're kind of doing with a, Doing the uh, baseball all star game. The baseball all star game. (laughs) What if they did a blue green game and then the winner? They used to have a gold white or a green white game. 
They used to they used to call the blue uh, green game the green the green white game. Oh, I can get on board with that. And you know what? The blue gold game hasn't been around forever. You know when they say like, oh, it's this is the 89th blue gold game or whatever. Like, do they use some sort of number? I feel like they use some sort of number. Like the blue right. gold game came back. I don't know if it was existed before 68, but 68 was the first year they did blue gold because they used to do an old timers versus varsity game. Right. That's fun. Like and hockey, hockey does yeah, that. You would think it was fun, but everybody had everybody who was good had commitments to like pro teams or whatever and wouldn't play. And so it was garbage. <laughs> and oh. it was just like and they were playing like and then and they didn't want to get anybody hurt. So it was like sometimes they were playing like the junior varsity, you know? So this idea of, of pitting green versus blue and then having the winner be the primary. I would settle for a blue gold game that was actually a blue team versus a gold team because we haven't seen that. Well, we haven't not since 2003. Right. But I want to put some I want to put some some stakes on this blue gold game if we ever. I mean, we lost it this year, uh, but I'd love to see it. And then that would be a way. Obviously, Kelly could stack the. Uh, rosters in whatever way he wanted. And the scoring is so silly and arbitrary that it's difficult to sort of put on there. But I think that that would be, there'd be some sizzle to that, that game to see what was the primary uniform color, whichever team won. Right. That's, that's kind of fun. <laughs> some pizzazz. Yeah. Some pizzazz. I, I think the that's thing is though, fun. I think you, you under armor needs so much lead time that I don't think you could even, I don't think you could do that to be honest with you. Do like, they? Like, Cause they already have like, they already had, they had those FSU jerseys in 2018. They had the FSU jerseys, the Shamrock series jerseys and the cotton bowl jerseys all hot to trot, ready to go on top yeah, of the regular they, home and away. Yeah, those were already set in stone though. Yeah. Yeah. Like they and I heard rumors. Group. I heard rumors that 2017 they were going to bust out those same greens, right? Well, yes and no. Uh, but I mean, for sure, 2018 was is the prime example of uh, of absolute nonsense, right? So, you know, Notre Dame comes out with the two thousand, you know, with the pinstripe uniforms. Everyone loses their fucking minds because they're so damn ugly, uh, and. Notre Dame has never, ever, in all the years of, 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 of it going on where people are calling for like a green out for a get for games. Even their green jersey special games, they didn't, they have not like specifically backed, backed, you know, like helped the crowd be a green out. 2018, after the pinstripe uniforms bombed, all of a sudden now, Notre Dame comes out with the you know, the green, the, the green out for the Michigan game and they go all in <clears throat> except is according to them, the, the, or according to the stories I heard, the, <clears throat> the players voted on whether to wear green for Michigan for the green out game or to wait and wear them for senior day. And apparently the vote was for senior day, <clears throat> which none of it makes any sense. No, but then they have all the, then they start selling all the gear. Their shirts were not green. The, the shirt was not the green. shirt that year, 2018, was not green. Yeah. What was the season opening game in 2018? Michigan. Against Michigan, and this is the Irish wear green. So the fucking shirt that you sold and pawned off starting in the spring, you turn around and say, No, don't wear that. Wear these other shirts we want you to buy from Under Armour that say Irish wear green. And so that jersey was sitting there ready to be. They that, had that jersey. That green, was, that green was ready to go way before. It was just they had put it off for Florida State. 
they had that jersey ready to go for the 2017 Notre Dame USC game. It was in you could buy that green jersey in 2017. Right. They had that and there was speculation that they were going to wear it for that game because it was, you know, a, a number that it was a spin-off of the 77 year with 2017, right? Um so no, we, we I mean we heard all those rumors, but we uh I I remember that 17 year quite a bit because that was we found out what the uniforms are going to be. Uh, you know, we found out about the Rockney uniforms like in fucking in June uh, from a source uh, what it was going to be. So I remember that year quite well because I knew kind of what was going down the pipeline uniform wise. But I kept being told that they're not wearing green for SC. They're not. But the rumors kept popping up. So that was interesting to watch how it all, all unfolded, actually. Yeah, I think they honored the it was the 40th anniversary of the 77 team and they didn't wear them. Yeah, it's a would have been yeah, nice a, to see him crush him in the, in some beautiful green jerseys. So people get pissed off at me for trashing the shirt. Notre Dame trashed their own damn shirt in 2018. Yeah, they sure did. My God. Well, just one, one last thing to put a bow on this. There was an article that was written about how the pinstripe jersey came to be. Uh, I don't think it had all the details, but I remember that they first started talking about that uniform in 2016. Because I remember Tor- Tori Hunter was part of the focus group. James they had Wallu. Initial- James Onwalu, yeah. George Costanza um, you know, underneath George Steinbrenner's desk. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so I think it's I think we can comfortably say that the 2021 game uh, for maybe against Mich- uh, Wisconsin, maybe uh, th- if there's a if there's there's a uniform there. There's they're probably talking about that now. So it'll uh, it'll look like um chicago bears that's uniform, why, which is that's why i think you can't do a coin flip I, I just that's why i think you can't do a coin flip based on uh you know because again if the if the non-standard one wins um then all of a sudden you've got supply chain issues for the bookstore too right because you're going to want to wear what the players wear in the field yeah but that's why you're deciding it you're deciding it in the spring man you're you're going out there you're playing and kelly's gonna stack the the roster however he wants to stack it but it'll give him yeah, but the ability how many to times think. have you seen like you know ian book turns out to be like you know replaces brandon wimbush in the third g- game and then you you walk into the bookstore and you want an ian book jersey and it's like uh you're gonna have to wait a whole year on that one you well know, yeah that's, just, that's that's they the don't have a quick turnaround thing, on but this brian kelly brian kelly looks at it and he goes all right i'm setting the green roster and i'm setting the blue roster and i'm gonna set my green roster and i'm gonna make it be ian ian book so let's say it's the 2020 game ian books my quarterback of the green roster guess what green green roster is probably going to end up winning the game if if they want to <laughs> do it like that but what if it doesn't oh that's so fun what if it ends up being blue <laughs> And and Brendan spelled wrong. Clark ends up showing up and, <laughs> and spinning the ball and and uh, getting Josh real excited. Oh, I love I love me some Brendan Clark. Oh, love I know. Him. Love him. I'm ready for him to take over in 2021. Ready for the entire. I am so ready for the entire fan base to lose oh, their shit when oh, Brendan Clark comes out as day one starter over Tyler, Tyler Buckner. Clark. And I am here for that. I am here to hear people bitching from Maine to fucking San Diego. I cannot wait. Well, I mean, that's a Samojiism, right? A loose Samojiism. Oh, it's just the best quarterback you have is the one sitting on your bench. Yeah. Oh, I mean, people are going to lose their collective minds. that a five star is sitting on the bench and it's going to be beautiful. 
it, it's going to be fantastic. There's nothing that did people Brennan lose Clark it is when Gunnar be... uh, didn't play in the 2012 season. I don't really remember a lot of talk about putting in Gunnar Keel. <sighs> no, Keel didn't. Keel didn't have. Keel didn't, didn't have, have the. Uh, well, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't have the hype. He just. He Wasn't just he didn't. rated five stars though? He sure was rated he, five stars. He was, but I believe most fans understood that made no sense to them either. <laughs> Why well, he was rated <laughs> five, a fifth star? It's great. You got a five star quarterback, but I'm t- I'm telling you, man, it is going to be loud and proud because the whole thing about Kelly and quarterback, it's uh, just setting yourself. My, just I just like make sure everybody understands what's going to happen in 2021. My my absolute favorite moment of you get what you get what you asked for was people like not cheering Tommy Reese being hurt, but finally being like, finally, Andrew Hendricks. And the second <laughs> uh, half of that 2013 USC game where he's literally just throwing worm burners. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know that I've seen a guy more rattled and, and, and they needed to win that game. And it was like, it was so pathetic because the defense stuff definitely kept never them seen a guy game. so rattled. And we just saw Dane Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think, I think that effectively ended the, Oh, let's see which ha- what Hendricks has got, or we could do better with Hendricks. You know what I mean? So Luke Massa. I'll take yeah. a Luke Massa. I'll take a holder for sure. Uh, there was 2016 was all was was a year too for the uh, the absolute what you don't do quarterback situation. No, right. Kelly, I mean, Kelly had got himself into a whole shitload of trouble anyways, telling Malik his job was there the next year or whatever it was, and then Kaiser bailed everybody out in 2015 and then what you know what do you do well you know kelly <laughs> i mean kelly really got himself in some trouble because it was clear to everybody that kaiser should have been the starter from day one uh but you have the whole malik thing there's a locker room i mean there's a lot of shit going on oh shrink the jersey numbers <laughs> <laughs> so i mean it was not i shit. felt terribly for malik that year because uh, he didn't, he didn't acquit himself at all and, and do what he needed to do. But I remember I was at the Texas game and his first series got undone by a, like a false start on, I think they were going to go four on fourth and one. And so like that didn't help. And then he comes in to relieve uh, Kaiser during the Stanford game. And I don't know if it was the first series, but one of the series, the guy snaps the ball <laughs> over his head and it's all he can do is like, you know, just. I think it was a safety that ended yeah, it was up like every time he went in, it was like disaster strike. It was, and yeah, it was it's somehow like not really. I mean, not he and he ended his whole entire Notre Dame career without ever giving up the ball. No one ever turned over the ball while Malik Zaire was on the field. You can say that much. Um, but <laughs> you know, it didn't mean it was ever, it was always pretty, you know? So it was certainly a, a strange time. Yeah. But at least for one game, it was the prettiest. And a, a, <laughs> And probably an even stranger way for us to end this podcast. <laughs> uh, but I think that's where we've gotten to. Let's see you guys got any more hot takes. Look, we didn't talk a whole lot about the Shamrock Series uniforms here and there, but look, we already did a huge thing on them uh, between or alternate uniforms anyways. And remember, the uh, the champs are the uh, the 2013 series, which very, very well deserved. It's a very clean, very well-loved look. Um, but uh, my personal favorite still remains the – the 07, 77 throwbacks. Chu and I, I think are 11, right? 
But you, I like. I like eleven. I, I like the two thousand seven ones a lot too. I, I like the two thousand. I, I think they're my actually a better version are, of the nineteen seventy seven uh, uniform. So I, I really did like them. I just they played all Adidas in them. All Adidas style uniforms. It's yeah. true. It's Adidas. And if we're gonna look at it, I, I think I prefer the Adidas uniforms now, but or the Under Armour uniforms now. But as far as fan apparel goes, which I think has a bigger impact on us as fans, more Under so Armour for sure. You like the Under Armour more? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I like I don't, stripes. I, do I don't own a single piece like of Under Armour. I don't own a single piece of Under Armour. I, they, they've made so many shirts that I just, I'm like, that's not I me. Don't, I don't like the material and um, the, I, I like uh, the athletic pants. Every, and every I, Adidas I like, shirt I've ever, I've ever had has been... It barely it barely reaches my fucking waistline, and the, and, the, and the arms the arm sleeves are like I can fit four arms in them. I don't know what the fuck there's going on there. Like, who are you making this for? This looks insane. I mean, I'm a tall, big guy, right? So, you know, and back I mean, I wear a lot of double XLs now, but back then I'm wearing I was wearing just XL. And these things I don't know who these were built for because it was it was like for a short. Fat guy, maybe I don't know, because it, it would never get to my belt line. But it always felt like my ass is hanging out of my pants. Like, <laughs> my shirt went up to the middle of my back, but then the arm holes were just like enormous. I, I couldn't. Their sweatshirts shrunk up, and they, they were short arms. Like every Adidas sweatshirt I ever had in my life, and this goes back to even non Notre Dame stuff back in high school when everybody was rocking uh, Adidas sweatshirts. Used to be the thing, like I O U. Oh, yeah. Like oh, you yeah. and, and bum and all that shit. The arms are too damn short. Now, granted, I have me some swinging limbs, uh, but it shouldn't be like I raise my arm halfway up and it's the cuff is at my fucking elbow. Adidas is trash. I love their shoes, uh, but their apparel is just pure trash. I still for me Under Armour top to bottom apparel wise. Yeah, some of their design stuff I'm with you, Jude, I, I don't care for it all. But there are a lot of stuff. Uh, there's a lot. They have a lot of – they just got a lot, period. There's a, there's enough there, uh, and I like it a lot. My, I mean, my favorite is uh, – what the hell is the name of that brand with the red – 47? No, the Red Wing one. It's the – Oh. Collegiate? Is that just what it yeah, – it's, it's my favorite stuff. Um, but they don't sell a whole lot of stuff. But like their sweatshirts are great, shirts are great. Newer um, 47s. 47s, 47s, good stuff. But Adidas, their apparel was just trash. Under Armour, top to bottom, is way better fan gear. Um, and I think most fans would admit that. I think fans begrudgingly will admit that because I think there's a, I think a lot of people like the Adidas stuff uniforms better than Under Armour. I, um, I, I don't know, man. I have an Adidas sweatshirt that still, I, I crush the elbows of all because i have very sharp elbows and i crush <laughs> the uh the elbows of every hoodie i own i mean i still have a, an adidas sweatshirt from 2009 that i still rock almost on the daily and then my I have the the adidas pants which the three stripes you can't beat i don't like any of the pants that under armor puts out they they're all sort of like weirdly the they're, they're like that skinny skinny fit and I, I don't know. I don't, I don't like the way that it like it tapers oh, off the, the ankles. Well, they got all yeah. sorts. Of, they got all sorts of different styles. Because I got I got several. I would never buy the skinny uh, sweatpants, but Under Armour sent me some uh, like before the 
the cotton bowl game, they sent me a, a shitload of gear and inside that was uh, some of those skinny, uh, joggers. Uh, they're nicer for around the house. My wife likes me in them. Uh, I would, <laughs> I don't really go out in public in them. Uh, I have a tendency to do like I did like in with those, like I'll do, what I did like in fifth grade and I'll, I'll pull up the, uh, I'll pull them up to my knee. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like, I, I remember my last time I had sweatpants this tight was like in fifth grade and I pulled those up to my knee. Midnight in the Bulls household. Joshua, put on the, 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 cotton, that, bull, the cotton bull joggers, please. Brother, that just happened the other day and I obliged. Oh, man. Uh, I saw I saw a, a design that I really liked it, but it was for the Cotton Bowl game, and it was after we had lost the game or whatever. And I just said, I don't know that I could really wear a T-shirt of a game that I know that we got swamped in. Like I just I don't know. Like I you know I really yeah, I really I thought the design seen. was sweet, but I just was like I I don't know I I can do this. I couldn't even and do I, it for a game we won won in. They're just it's too cheesy for me. Yeah, like, this, one was, like, this <clears throat> one was like a real simple design. It had a couple of, uh, I think it was white roses on it or maybe pieces of cotton or something. like That would probably make more sense. Unless uh, it's like an iconic game, like hashtag remember the six. Yeah. Um, it's definitely one. But I, I, was I, sold a shirt, th- I sold a shirt after the Stanford win that I still kind of cringe at. It's a great design, but it was, it was made, it was mistakenly made a lot like the, um, like, like it looks kind of it looks good, but it doesn't from afar. Kind of like the the Florida State uniform, green uniforms we wore, because it's a blue shirt with green lettering. I should have made it a green or a gray Is that shirt. The South Bend logging is that the one? Yeah, lumberjacks. Yeah, the South whatever. Bend lumberjacks. I love that shirt. I love that design, but it's just like that, which was funny too, because I think we messed up the date uh, right off the bat and something else. I because I really didn't want to tie it in to the Stanford game specifically for that year uh and they kept hammering it home and i'm like no i just want a fucking a leprechaun lumberjack shirt whatever we're gonna do it but but it's, I'll tell it's you what. no 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 uh no bs here the most comfortable hoodie i own is that playoff like a champion uh oh it's fantastic it? It, it my first of all my wife stole it from me for probably the first month that we had it and she, like almost re- refused to give it up to the point where i was like am i gonna Am I going to wait for another two for one sale or am I going to, you know, and they're on sale one? right now for 20 bucks. Yeah. They, it's super comfortable. You can get the t-shirt for 15. The breaking tea went to, um, they, they used to run them in big batches and now they go down to single order. Now they're on single orders. Uh, but they still have, you know, some from, we sold a shitload of playoff, like a champion, uh, shirts and sweatshirts. And Jude's absolutely right. That hoodie is fantastic. And normally that's like a 40, 42, $44 thing, whatever you can get them right now for 20 bucks. Yeah. Uh, they got them on the I shelves. Would I would definitely go for that if, if they have it in your size, <clears throat> because it's, it's, it's the one that I like, as soon as it comes out of the, the dryer, I'm like, great. I'm going to live in this for a couple of days. And well, look, and people, it's sold out. People, and people tried to buy it. it. Uh, oh, people might've grabbed it. I'll have yeah. to check my, uh, <laughs> check my inbox. But, uh, the thing too, about the playoff, like a champion thing, is pe- people got all up in arms. Like, we're not there yet. Cause I started selling it before the USC game. And I'm like, look, this isn't because we're going, this, this is a mentality we all got to get into. Like if, if we're Notre Dame and if we're fucking playoff or national championship or bust, that means playoffs nowadays. Right? So if we're going to play like a champion, we need to be, it needs to be like a playoff every time. That's the mentality we all need to get into. So it's absolutely fucking okay for you to buy these shirts from me. 
Well, the other thing was that happened to me was no one ever, co- no one ever commented on playoff like a champion. No one was ever like, Oh, didn't you get destroyed in the playoff or anything like that? There was never any heat that came back. In fact, most people, when I was like, did you see my hoodie? They're like, yeah, play like a champion, right? They would read it as play like a champion. And so it was like basically a play like a champion hoodie. Uh, you know, the people were just basically were just, you know, they're, they're so conditioned to see the phrase play like a champion. That they didn't see that the first word was actually playoff. So. And it was so popular. It's been knocked off by a lot of different places now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the most comfortable hoodie that you'll find will be that one. You said they're sold out though, Brendan? Oh yeah. Well, for I, I'm a size large, um, and I look for a large. The only way you can get a small. Uh, so if you if you if you rock a small, I was thinking about maybe getting it uh, for my wife. Um, but uh, <laughs> she will love you, Brendan. I, I, honest to God, my wife. I, I'm sure my wife. They would got take a two X and they got a three X, but uh, large and extra large. Oh, uh, I, I, I could to- sh- I could shrink a large. I could shrink an XL. Um, but yeah, they, uh, they do not have, a a, a larger, an XL, which is, that's a shame. That is a, that is a shame. <laughs> maybe I'll, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll buy the wife one for 20 bucks. It's a great, so, look, you're going to love it. And yes, I trashed Notre Dame's the shirt because it's a bad design. And yes, I am plugging my stuff or, <laughs> because it's, they're great designs. Uh, you know, Tommy, BK Homeboy, uh, South Bend Against the World. Uh, I love the 19- BK Homeboy. That was great. 1993 National Champions. I bought one of great those. Great shirt. Yeah, super fact, comfortable on that one, fact, too. the one I own has got holes in it now. Uh, so I'm going to order, I'm gonna have to re-up. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to order two of those bad boys. Uh, the Remember the Six is still iconic. I, I still cringe at the damn Shamrock, though. That was back when Breaky T and I had different views about how close we could get to an actual Notre Dame Shamrock. I don't, I don't know, but uh, it's still a great look. And remember the, the best, remember the six shirt out there. As far as I'm concerned, that's just me. I'm a, do my best Trump. I was going to say, I own the other. Remember the six it, shirt. I'm, I'm all in. I remember the six shirts. Apparently that it's one's great. actually su- super comfortable too. It's the best. It's the, Jude is always remembering the sex is what I, I will. I will tell all me that that saved their lives. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so shit. Anyways. All right. Hey, Normally, one thing that we didn't do was uh, reviews. We didn't have any this time around. It's okay. Give you guys another week here. Wind it up. Make sure you uh, you get on there. Give us a rating. Give us a review. We have like 147 ratings. I want to get to 200 by the time where we would normally start college football season. Uh, and that's a conversation that we'll have later down the road. I'm not ready for that. Uh, but I'd like to have 200 uh, by, by September. Shouldn't have a problem with that. Uh, so people, please get on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating. If you leave a review, I will read that shit verbatim. Um, it is non-binding, uh, but if you want me to say that uh, that home run in pizza is the greatest pizza in the fucking world, I'll say it. I'm not against say that it. without people even even writing it in there. I'm not against saying home run in pizza is the greatest frozen pizza in the history of the world. I'll do that. Whatever you want, whatever you want. Just but. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. We're getting a lot of, a lot of love from people, and that's great. But if you're, if you hate listening to us, uh, <laughs> which is okay too. I know people that hate listening to podcasts. Uh, let me know how much you hate me. I fucking, I can take it. Trust me. After I trashed the shirt, I took a ton of hate. Uh, it's okay. Um, but I want to know what uh, we want to know what everyone thinks about about the show. Um, 
that's about it. Judy, you got anything else? Yeah, just a real quick shout out. Um, a couple weeks ago, I had to miss a show because um, my father-in-law uh, contracted COVID-19 and, and actually uh, was in it was in the hospital. Uh, he was on a, a ventilator for 11 days. Uh, I'm very happy to report that he is now um, out of the ICU, off the ventilator, and they are slowly working him back to uh, I think what you would you and I would consider probably pretty normal. Uh, existence. So he's working his way out of the um, sedation, working on his on his breathing and his his drinking and his movement and stuff like that. But I really appreciate everybody um, that connected with me on Twitter and uh, did prayers and and reached out and and just um, you know were offering their their best wishes and were wondering about uh, what was going on with him. So uh, that's the update on on Bill. And then I also want you to keep in mind. Uh, another friend of ours, Stan Cherry, he's a active Notre Dame fan on, on Twitter. He's, um, also in the, um, in the, uh, hospital with the COVID-19 and, and he's on a ventilator as well. I heard every day he's doing a little bit better. I think he, the last report I saw, he was down to, uh, 50% assistance from the ventilator down from a hundred percent. So I think he's trending in the right direction as well. But if you are the praying type, then, then keep standing your prayers because he's one of the most generous souls uh, I've never actually met him in person, but he's uh, he's a he's an amazing guy, and I've had a lot of great conversations with with Stan. Um, so you know, keep everybody uh, in your prayers. This is this is a scary thing when when you got an older person going through it. Um, it's it's not about you know me getting it and being forty years old. It's about you know my seventy year old father in law uh, that I worry about. So um, that's it. Thanks everybody. Well, that's great news for for you, Jude. Thank you. Thanks for sharing the update. And yes, absolutely. Uh, Stan's part. He's part of that pull three crew. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the pull three uh, victory beers. Uh, so hopefully we could all uh, what Stan fights through this and and uh, and wins wins this thing. We'll all uh, crack open a beer, a victory beer for it for that. So thanks, Jude. Brendan, do you got anything? Uh, no, I'm just. Uh... I'm it's hard it's hard to follow jude right it's very difficult to follow. <laughs> that's, that's why i make you do it instead of me <laughs> and it's very difficult for me to follow that up and i'm looking at this playoff like a champion today hoodie and i cannot buy a a, a size suitable for me um and it's just a double bummer so <laughs> i'm sorry so, to bum you out yeah <laughs> all right well that's it for us um hopefully uh mm, Hopefully I'll get back on track with the bookcast. It's it's been a week. It's been a heck of a week for for me. I won't get into the and all the details and stuff, but little little off the normal pace of life for me. Um, but hopefully I'll get back into that. Uh, thank you for listening to my shirt rant. Uh, so that saved me from doing an off the rails podcast. Should we um, do a quick one of these before Thursday? Because the NFL draft, just do some crazy predictions about where Notre Dame players are going to be. Oh yeah, we probably should do a. I quick guess my hottest in. take is that I think Notre Dame's finally going to pass USC for the most people drafted. So um, I'm, ha- I'm hoping it's happening this year. I predicted it last year; it didn't happen, and uh, I think we're within shooting distance now. So. I think we'll probably my, my whole be thing. Okay. Has been I think it'll we'll probably be okay if we do it before Friday, because I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure if Notre Dame's going to get anybody drafted in the first round. Fair enough. First round to be That's fair. to be fair. See, I was kind of under the impression we were just weren't covering the draft this year. Uh, oh, okay. Because <laughs> we have done almost next to nothing. Uh, <laughs> I've done, I've done two, uh, two profiles and they're both been on Loie Gilman and both because, uh, <laughs> he, he has a great, he has a great PR agent because they're yeah. just sending me stuff about Loie. 
Well, <laughs> Notre Dame just cut some videos for all their draft eligible players. So, I mean, there's some there's some good content out there or whatever. The player I, I think th- I'm most interested in is Chase Claypool, but I mean that we'll, we'll save that for uh, another pod. Well, I, I, I was surprised. See where he goes. Sports Illustrated said that. Um, that the, uh, the Chris Fink is going to be Mr. Irrelevant with the last pick of the draft. So I would love that. I would I, absolutely love that. I think that's. I, I do not see Chris Fink getting drafted. I, I love either. Chris Fink. I would love. I would Chris love Fink, it. You know, Chris Duke Fink is my close. is my uh, is my background like on my uh, phone. I love Chris Fink, but I don't see him getting drafted. So. Yeah, but how perfect would that be to be Mr. Irrelevant? Yeah, I, I, I get it. I don't, I don't know the the jokes write themselves for other sites probably, uh, yeah. but uh, I don't I mean, know. Rick Riley, it would launch a column for him if he's still writing. So, oh, he yeah, he just put out something major the other day. Uh, it seems like I don't I don't know. Which is I'm writing a story about the 2012 team, and so of course I had to go back and reread the Rick Riley article. Oh my god, it's pretty funny. It is. Oh my, you know, it, not only was it was a bad at the end of the season. It was bad before the season, but years later, it is just infinitely worth the amount of bullshit he threw up against the wall on that one. Uh, and, and even including the beginning about how much of a fan he was growing up. And then they, they weren't winning again. So he, he were, they weren't winning titles. So he wasn't a fan. I can't hate, I can't hate that more than I <laughs> Sports writers understandably need to be able some of these guys, us, no, but these guys have to be able to separate themselves from fan, the journalists. And I get that, but to like openly like come out as saying in the middle of your career, which Riley was probably in his prime, uh, during the whole series uh, as a sports writer, uh, to say after that, he, he wasn't a fan because they weren't winning anymore. I can't fucking hate that anymore than I hate. I mean, <laughs> uh, fuck you. Fuck all you fucking fair other people. I don't, I, uh. if you can't be the fan of a football team, if you can't be the, I don't even want to say football team. If you cannot be a fan of a team, then I don't value your opinion as a writer in any sense, because you're watching the sport different than everybody else who's watching it. And well, that's what the you he was admitting about being a fan. Yeah, he was admitting they weren't winning championships. Exactly. And then he's not, and then he, not only is he not a fan anymore, but they should be relegated to the fucking Ivy league. Right. Come on. Yeah. It was, it was a trash article. What then is a trash article. Now, uh, will always be pure garbage. Um, I love Capron Lewis more for calling him, uh, <laughs> or texting him or whatever it was right after the USC game. Uh, God mm-hmm. bless. Uh, but that's it for us. We'll do something for the draft. I, I may end up doing a fucking off the wall 2 a.m. I who knows what the hell's happening. Well, you got to get me on record about all my bad NFL draft takes because I had a doozy last year. So I mean, and you and you've gotten a lot of real estate out of it. So sure, I think yeah, at, the, that, at the very that, least, you you ought to be able to get me on record. So I just don't. I, you know, I had a lot of strong feelings about last year's draft. I just don't know if I have any strong feelings about this year's draft. Like, and I just saw a quote uh, in a story somewhere from a couple of NFL execs saying nobody like, like we, we get the, you know, the misinformation's out there, all that other crap. But they're basically saying like all these mocks are straight up full of shit. And, and the draft is going to surprise everybody because of how different it's going to be from what everyone's thinking. So I just, I'm trying to figure out like this whole Cole Komet thing, like, 
started off first round. I've seen him go in the third round. Third round, yep. Yeah, third round. It, it, it's kind of all over the map there. So that's that's really interesting. The, the Claypool thing is really interesting because nothing has changed from the combine to now, really. Sure. And we saw a stock rise up to possible first round to now going back to the third round. Like like the hype died down. I don't know. Uh, so, well, <laughs> so there's a, there's a lot of receivers. And I just haven't, I have not kept up. It's almost like all of these people who are writing these articles have nothing else to cover. So they have to hyper analyze. Like, like including Tommy Kramer in the draft. Uh, oh, on ESPN. Yeah, that was yeah. gold. Yeah. So I just this year, I just have, this was not my thing this year. Um, I, Jude, I just, I would have keep track a lot of this stuff. Too. I would have bet What's anybody, anybody, uh, yeah, I didn't keep track of it this year either. I would have bet anybody any amount of money that Tavon Coney was getting drafted. I just, I found there was no way that he wasn't going to get it drafted. So I that one, on that one though. I mean, I, that, that I, one shocked the hell out of me. Uh, Julian Love fa- falling to the fourth round shocked the hell out of me. Um, you can't argue with where he went though. No, of course not. Love, I love where he went, but I just, um, I just the idea that he didn't, that he escaped out of the third round without. Uh, getting we're talking drafted. about a guy who, who. A lot of us felt it was robbed of the Thorpe Award. Yeah, he was and, the best cornerback of my lifetime. And and they were picking the the nobody from Michigan State over him. So it was just like right. I don't even it, understand what's going on here. So yeah, yeah I wasn't uh, a fan of that pick. There's a, quite a few guys. Um, but yeah, last year's draft was uh, I, I mean, I was full of fun stuff. I mean, tranquil and I mean the whole. I mean, I obviously uh, Tyler Newsom's with the Chiefs now, but I mean. The whole Los Angeles Chargers that are named Hillary and and, uh, and Tranquil Tranquil going there. I mean, it was, you know, and, and guys and are and Nina out there. The, Nina having the best joke afterwards. That's why they call it Notre Dame Duloc LAC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's perfect. Great. So we'll, we'll see what happens this year. I, uh, I swear to God, I, I, it was the other day I saw uh, a projection for one of the Notre Dame guys going to going to the Chargers, and I'm just like, you got to keep the streak. You get, you got to, you got. To. <laughs> I talked to our SB Nation affiliate uh, Bolts from the Blue a couple of years ago, and they were very upset about this whole thing because it was before they had drafted uh, uh, Tillery, and uh, and they were just talking about Chris. They were shitting on Chris Watt because they were just like, "Oh, that was a waste." So, but and and Rochelle wasn't anybody. I mean, Rochelle was a seventh round pick, so they weren't like they weren't Gaga over Rochelle right. or anything like that. So you know. Mm-hmm. Drew Tranquil seems like he's working out quite well. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit, a little bit. Tiller would be fine too. Yeah, yeah. Terry Tillery is looking pretty, pretty okay. All right, y'all. It's been a two-hour run. We love you. <laughs> That's how we do. <laughs> That's how we roll. Who would have thought a, a episode about uniforms would be a, a megasode? Happy 420, y'all. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Blaze yeah, it off. Ash batch in Ann Arbor, so. Uh... The first uh, four, the first legal 420 in Michigan shut down. Imagine that. All right, have a good one. Go Irish. <laughs>